Live from an ESG data-scented LED candle. There it is. It's the ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst hall Matt Muscardi back from his uh, suspension. We suspended you. Oh, we're, is that what it was? That's the story. That's sad for me. <laughs> In today's jet-lagged ESG blackout curtains called October 11th, 2023, CEOs name and shame college students and... The Qantas board chair gives up his hissy fit. What? Yeah, that and a bunch of other random ESG headlines for you. Oh, right, it's so a Woke Data Wednesday. Yeah, Woke Data Wednesday. Matt, our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. That's that's what I heard. Yeah, S-Gage. Paul, Paul's in New York. So I don't can think I we're say, here from Paul today. No, no, Paul. No, no, he couldn't make it to the studio. But can I just say... S gauge is are the they're the only ones who are here for us. That's there's nobody else. You might else. be right. It's, you might be right. It's just us and them now. Didn't we have a listener say that they like something once about something? Uh, <laughs> that sounds spurious. <laughs> I'll say yes to that. Uh, do you have anything to say, or do you want to just get at it? Look, I've been in Japan for a week. Yeah, you sound and, like it, and you look like it. And I was up at 2.30 in the morning uh, this morning and couldn't go back to bed. So it's going to be like that for a you while. Know, so just prepare yourself for I would say, lack of insight. I would say visiting colleges with a teenage daughter is a bit the same as jet lag from going to Japan. No? <laughs> Not even close. All right, try, let's get try, to it. Try Come on. flying 15 hours with a six-year-old. No, I don't need to do that. Come on, let's do it. Come on. All right, let's do this thing. What do we even do here? I don't even know how this this works. I don't Just know where I play am. Play me any kind of transition, anything. I you I got rid of all the music. You deleted my music. It's not oh, on the thing anymore. You deleted awkward. everything because you didn't like it. I and now it's gone. So well, I don't see, have anything to do. What I didn't know is that that wouldn't reappear because usually no, when you delete things, yeah, this is the something that nobody in the audience cares about. Well, pick something so, and we'll worry no, about it later. No, I'm not picking any. I'm going to put it in in post and you're just going to have to do this <laughs> thing right. with no music. Good. Because I hate you your transition music up. anyway. Good. All right, here we go. In no particular order, let's start with the depressing. I, You know, this is certainly, this, this is probably the primary reason why I just feel depressed in general, uh, being alive on our great planet. But I was, I was hopefully going to avoid this story in its entirety, but then I got dragged in by Bill Ackman, of all people. I, oh, come on. You let Bill Ackman drag you into anything. It, we're not typically a, a show about politics or war or geopolitics or, you know, but here we go. Here's the first headline. Here are the CEOs and investors who want Harvard to release the names of students blaming Israel for the Hamas attacks so that they can avoid hiring them. Wow. I mean, look, again, I don't want to go I don't want to go deep in the rabbit hole of, of this whole situation, but 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 for billionaire Bill Ackman, this this is his focus of anger right now is our students at Harvard protest and and, and let's be clear, there are students at all uh, Thousands of universities probably protesting both sides right now, but he's just sort of oddly fixated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but but don't we isn't isn't the conservative argument that inside of companies and places like these colleges, 
that they don't, they're not allowed a voice. And literally what now there's the same people are saying is because you said a thing we don't agree with, we want to know who you are so we can never hire you. Isn't that exactly what they're asking for? Look, it's like not the, different. No. I mean, so uh, yeah. what are we talking about here? You don't have to agree with them. <sighs> First of all, when you're 19, do you have an informed sort of opinion about really anything? No, you're right? you're like, trying to you know, you're at school to create that, right? You're you're, you're learning both sides, you're trying on. to figure it out. And I'm not saying I have an informed opinion at 44 about this. Honestly, I don't actually know. If you trace the history of this going back to at least 1948 and and probably beyond, if you have a perfectly informed opinion on this, you are lying because this is an extreme. (laughs) No, really, because this is an extremely always has been an extremely complicated story. So I mean, I'm I'm thrilled for Bill Ackman that he's got it completely figured out. Yeah, like we've we've binaried it into like this is right and that. That is wrong and everybody right, cuz in war there's wrong, always in war there's always like a right and wrong right it's that simple but i can say on a moral level and without going down the rabbit hole what like the the hamas attacks are atrocious and terrible right like we can agree that the way that they've but to have an opinion about the political situation at all would be totally disingenuous i don't especially, know especially if enough. you're the guy famous for short selling herbal life like they, <laughs> I I really like this is part of how he became a billionaire is just like spending tens of millions of dollars trying to deride a company and convince. I'm just saying, like, the whole thing is nuts to me. He's a billionaire because he's really good at PowerPoint. That's fine. Great. (laughs) Great. Good good for you, Bill Ackman. You should be proud of yourselves for attacking these students at Harvard. Uh, Fancily enough, I was at Harvard uh, Saturday. So maybe that's why he's mad too, because I was there. All the attacks are unfolding on the students at Harvard, though. It's all on Twitter. Everything is on Twitter. Okay, that's my next point. That's my next point. So here's some of the people, Matt, that joined. uh, It's not not a lot of people so far that joined uh, Bill Ackman. Ackman's crusade to to not hire kids at Harvard who were protesting in the wrong direction. One of them is uh, oh, Jonathan Newman, CEO of Sweetgreen. Blah blah. I'm blah. kind of surprised by that one. Uh, Michael Brookham, CEO of Fab Fit Fun. I don't know. These are these are just like a bunch of people <laughs> blah, I've never blah, heard blah. of. David Dool, CEO of Easy Health. Here's the point, Matt, and you already mentioned it. They are all. Having this conversation on Twitter, on X, on That's Elon it. Musk's yeah. platform, where he just a few weeks ago just blamed the ADL, the Anti-Defamation yes, League, for essentially destroying his business. Blamed correct. that group. And also, in the second story I was covering from the BBC, the entire Euro- European Union is warning Elon Musk about disinformation that is spreading on X after the attacks. So this... Yep. Is, so Matt, ah. I, I am just completely and forever befuddled by everything. Not to mention before we get into it, and I don't want to, I don't want to make the rabbit hole even more confusing. But the ADL announced over the past few days that they are, they are, they are now advertising once again on X. They are. Oh come on! Right? I, I, I so I'm confused completely by everything. Yeah. Who? 
why does anyone need to advertise there? Who are you advertising I to? Don't like, know. like, consider I, your who's your demographic? Find somewhere right? else. Like, is it white bros who like screaming and dunking on one another? Generally anti-Semitic. Generally hate-filled. Like, I, there are three it? cohorts. There are three cohorts. Are next. There are those people, the horrible white supremacists. There are. There are really nerdy journalists and there are probably some athletes. That's about it. Yeah. Who else uses that stupid platform anymore? No, there are no regular people on that yeah, platform. I, Who are you advertising I to? I don't get any of this. Really? It's, oh, it's, finally it's, LeBron it's, James saw your uh, advertisement ADL. Good job. I'm <laughs> ever Apple. I honestly wish, I know Bill Ackman, I know you're probably listening right now. I really wish you would weigh in on this. Like you're, you're, you're against the Harvard students that, that are protesting, but you are willing to hold this conversation on one of the most known anti-Semites in modern day culture, Elon Musk. So I don't, I really honestly like weigh in on all this. I, I, I just love that having it both ways, which is you want to say it on a platform that says it's about free speech absolutism and you could say whatever absolute. you want, yeah, right? Absolute Absolutism, say whatever you want, as long as it's not against Elon Musk because then he bans your account, but say whatever else you want. But then you go to college where you're supposed to say whatever you want as you're forming your opinions and you say something and it may be informative may not be a form. It doesn't really matter, but you want the list of people who said that so you can never hire them again because they're horrible human beings. I guess, come yeah, on. I, I guess what, the difference, Matt, is, blowhards. I guess the difference is that, Matt, is that Bill Ackman got his degree from Harvard like 30 years ago. Yeah, okay. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. I guess that's the name, difference. <laughs> name well, somebody I, who's a CEO who didn't. Yeah. Well, let's move on. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, correct. Let's move on. Uh, Walgreens. We talked a lot about Walgreens. We were wondering who the next CEO would be. They finally named their new CEO. It is a boring guy named Tim Wentworth, who, if you squint, looks, looks a little bit like the younger, uh, a younger Stefano Piscina, who was the real controller of Walgreens. But wait, there's there's a there's a lot happening at Walgreens that suggests is this our first male glass cliff? Well, okay. Here's the good question because here's what also is happening. Today, Walgreens pharmacy staffers are staging walkouts. It's not system-wide. It's not at all locations, and it's not a union-backed effort. These are not unionized workers, but uh, at at least a good handful of Walgreens locations, at least 300 that we know about, staffers are are walking out because uh, they're, they're pissed off. They're pissed off about being understaffed, especially during the COVID rollout. So to your point, Matt, is Tim Wentworth in precisely to make sure that Walgreens does not unionize? Is he, does he have an anti-worker, oh. like, anti-union Ooh. background? Or, or you're right, is he just coming in to helm a, a, a disaster? Is, is he like a male glass cliff? I mean, are there, is there such a thing as a male glass cliff? Well, that's I what I want to, so. that's really what I, I want to so. know. I want to know, is this such a thing? Like, can you have that? Because uh, like dudes who come in to clean up for other dudes usually keep their jobs longer. They don't apologize for stuff. Like, like Vanessa Hudson, who's been apologizing for for mm-hmm. six months for everything Qantas has ever done. Tim Wentworth, is he going to come yep. out and and apologize for everything Walgreens has ever done in no. the past? Probably I mean, not. No men right? don't so apologize. Yeah. So it's not really a glass cliff. But I wonder what this is because he's not going to have any power. We know by the influence numbers, freeflowanalytics.com, the influence numbers will suggest and continue to suggest that Piscina has all the power. Yes. Um, so what does that mean? What is he? What is he? Is he not to mention that placeholder. Piscina's wife, is it wife, 
is also the COO at Walgreens. So he, yeah, correct. Pacina has inc- an incredible, incredible amount of power there at Walgreens. Yeah, so that's what's going on at Walgreens. You ready to jump ship to Australia? Yeah, I love Australia. Yeah, let's do it. I was just on okay. that side. Just of making the world. sure you're still awake. Just make no, sure you're still awake. I'm not. So <laughs> not at all. Another fair. story we've been covering. Yeah, another story we've been covering, and uh, I just made a prediction about this, and it came true a lot more quickly than I thought. Although, is it really coming true? The Qantas chair that we've been making fun of for weeks, Richard Goiter, the one guy who decides that he doesn't need to quit uh, after the the everything going wrong at Qantas Airlines over there in Australia, uh, which you alluded to, the new CEO Vanessa Hudson. She's a very much in a glass cliff snare. She's already apologizing for everything that's ever happened at Qantas, despite the fact that she ever, was not yeah. in charge uh, when it was mm-hmm. happening. Uh, Richard Goiter announcing that he will, after all, after he told everyone to go F themselves, he will be stepping down the role from chair. I'm, I'm guessing wow. shareholders applied enough pressure. The, the weird thing is that he's... He claims, although I think this is another lie from Richard Goiter, he claims he will not be stepping down until the 2024 AGM, oh. which happens in late 2024. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on top of that, Matt, and this is what interesting from our perspective, on top of that, two other very influential directors are also will be stepping down. This, this is a little earlier. This will be at Qantas's half-year results in 2024. That's Jacqueline Hay and Maxine oh. Brenner. So I did the math, Matt. Oh. I did the math. According to our data, and this is data that you can only get here if you really want to understand who yep. really controls these boards, including CEO Alan Joyce, who already stepped down prematurely. With these two women stepping down, both have been there for about 10 years, and the chair, Richard Goiter, According to our data, that means that 82% of the of the total board influence at Qantas will have been will be stepping down effectively. Effectively, wow. they are they are giving up. They are starting That's a over. Lot. So, 82% from those four people. So, I guess good for them for for actually recognizing who is at fault here, right, and telling them to leave. Well, we did think that um, Jacqueline Hay might be the next chair because she has because she has the tenure a, a, a and lot the experience of she's had and, and the influence that she has. Clearly um, being but blamed, it, but 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 I'm glad they're just sweeping everybody out and starting right. over. Um, although it does leave like one other woman on the board at this point, right? Like we, we're we're basically a like there's nobody left who's, who's well, going to be left. Uh, there will be a new woman appointed uh, in November, and I'm sure they'll be, they'll be adding some new members soon. Wow! Yeah, impressive. Well, yeah. It's, I you know what you know why I think this change happened because shareholders were listening us. to us and yes. saying like we got to do Absolutely. like this is ridiculous. We got to do yeah. it. Uh, and my last point on this because I don't probably won't cover Qantas for a while. I hope is that in listening to the tapes. Richard Goiter, uh, the the chair who is now stepping down, he said, we again apologize. And I was listening to Vanessa Hudson. Vanessa Hudson said, I am sorry. So she actually used the the, the, the right pronoun. Yeah. So I'm just putting it out there. All right. Moving on. 
From the New York Times today, DealBook uh, says that they got an exclusive look at PricewaterhouseCoopers' annual survey of board directors for 2023. So, Matt. Exclusive look? Yeah, I don't even know what that means, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, they do it every year. Like, what, other than what, nerds like us, who who, like, who is waiting for this? Who's really, like, you know, who who needs to get on this early? Like, what are they we talking really, about here? They really scooped the New York Post this time. Yeah, they're, they're probably a sponsor of DealBook. But this is some of the main points. Uh, I'll let you re- react to these. The survey found that 54% of directors said that their corporate strategy was linked to ESG concerns down from 64% (laughs) last year. Does that matter to you? 64 to 54? I mean, aren't both a joke, right? (laughs) Like, do they even know what ESG concerns are? They just, it's just an acronym. How about this one? Uh, uh, just 73% of male de- directors believe gender diversity is an important attribute on their board, down from 90% in 2016. Does that surprise you? No, aren't we just telling the truth now? It wasn't 90% I, I, then. Yeah, it was. A good, good question. Good question. Yeah. Uh, by I mean, contrast, like, isn't it more like 12%? We're waiting for it to get down to the real number. By contrast, all the female directors continue to think that gender diversity is important. Oh, that, that's shocking. Hundred percent. Yeah, I like that. Shocking one. to me. Okay, wait, finally, can we go back yeah. to? Can I go back to the ESG one for a second? Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, like S. Is, if we say S is employees and G is all of governance, mm-hmm. w- why would they not be? They they must not know what the E, the S, and the G are if they think it doesn't matter. Like, that not this strictly their job? Governance. That's all. That's uh, what they do. They govern. This is a, yeah, this is a knee-jerk reaction to the anti-ESG movement, right? They're they're afraid, and they're they're doing it. Maybe they're pulling a Larry Fink, and they just won't say the acronym anymore, like Voldemort, right? They're just not but saying even, it. But even if they're afraid, okay, they went from oh, they're sixty-four to, to fifty-four percent. So not even two-thirds of board members could get up for. Uh, like the knowing what the acronym was before anyone cared what the acronym was. Like, w- what is this? This is all make believe. This is a, this is a lovely fiction. Anyway, go back to what's the last takeaway. Uh, and finally, uh, few. I like this one. Fewer directors think executives are overpaid. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> now, fifty percent of board members think that executives are overpaid, compared to seventy percent in two thousand seventeen. Like Meanwhile, pay, pay is higher now than it's ever been. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. All right. That's the takeaway from the exciting new PricewaterhouseCoopers annual Wow, I can't believe they got that scoop. Well, I look, can't believe they got I it. I was just shocked. That I read the deal book every day. I, I was just shocked that they even mentioned this kind of stuff. This is like straight on nerdy woke Wednesday, woke data stuff. Like this is our, they, uh, this is our territory. They, they also talked about the anti-ESG stuff in Oklahoma they did. going on, right? Stuff like, that we means, covered like four months ago. So come which on. Which means my guess is that they're doing like, a, look, ESG doesn't matter on boards anymore and anti-woke. It's probably a, like a continuing narrative. Uh, ExxonMobil will acquire Pioneer Natural Resources for $60 billion, the largest deal uh, since an estimated $80 billion merger between Exxon and Mobil in the late 90s. So ExxonMobil looking to expand its gas production in Texas. That's a um, 60, well, $60 billion deal. I will tell you one thing. Yeah, tell it's me. Not, it's definitely not, a, they're not buying it for the women. Um because I, so I looked at 
the Pioneer is a is a publicly traded company. Thirty one percent of the board is female, with twenty two percent of the influence. And then when you look at the twenty two. 22% yes, of the board? 20, for for, for 2023, that is exceedingly low. Yeah. Um, that 31% of the board is female. So that's, oh, the influence that's like is 22%. Got influence it. Influence is 22%. It. They just have no influence. Mm-hmm. And then three of the 16 leadership positions are women, which is a staggering, insignificant amount. Can you guess the roles of the women at leadership at, at Pioneer that Exxon is? Uh, they will either be uh, head of human resources. Yep. They will either be chief legal officer. Oh, close, but not, not or, that. Or uh, head of marketing. That's one, yeah. Uh, the last that's one was it. operations. Operations. Okay, well, that's, I don't know what that is. Is that COO? Well, what is that? Uh, no, it's not COO. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the woman who does the IT tech support help. Like operations. Uh, yeah. That, that's yeah, like operations. office manager, right? Yeah. Ordering it's basically the paper. a glorified office manager yeah. is what they Which make is, it you know, sound like. Good job. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Exxon, congratulations on your purchase. You definitely didn't purchase it for the diverse talent. No. Uh, back to Harvard. Harvard professor Claudia Golden. Oh was awarded the Nobel Prize in Economics for her research on women at work, specifically the gender pay gap. Golden analyzed over 200 years of data uh, from U.S. labor, and her research busted some myths about the gender pay gap uh, and women's participation in the labor force. So historically, Golden found that the differences in education and occupational choices could explain this gender gap in earnings. But more recently, she found that the bulk of the current earnings difference is is between men and women in the same occupation. Yeah. Therefore, education and occupational choice cannot be totally to blame. In fact, her research suggests that the earnings difference can be blamed at least partially on motherhood. Oh. That simple, Matt. It's that simple. You don't become a mother and you earn less money. It's that easy. So I actually looked at the bios of 100,000 directors in our database. Oh, God. Um, 1,100 of them, exactly 1,100 of them mentioned children or kids or some phrase implying that they had children. Really? I'm Only even surprised it's that high. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's 1% of the 100,000 directors okay, that I looked okay. at. Of the, the 1,100 who mentioned kids. Had to be mostly women. Had to be. 66% were men. Oh, wow. For men, children are a selling point. Oh, wow. I, uh, I, I would have thought otherwise. I wonder what industries that occurred in. I wonder if it's like certain countries or certain industries. Do we have that data? So this is global. I didn't break global. it up, um, but this is a global data set. And what uh, what shocked me about it was basically the way that children get mentioned by men is like effectively these are family men, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that is a selling point for you know them being you know leaders. Women get paid less when they have those children, so that yeah. men can sell They're themselves hide as that. family men. They're they're going to yes. hide that pregnancy as long as they can. And let's be real. I'm guessing most of these men come from Norway where they're just kind of, it's coded text to say, hey, look, I'm going to be on a one-year paternity leave, so don't bother me. That, that's why they put that in the bio. Don't call so me. Let don't me just text say, me. 
Yeah. On paternity leave, leave me you alone. Have fl- you have plenty of time to join the one phone call a month that you have for your board. Yeah, meeting. I wouldn't know. I, I never got that. F- I never got any kind of leave. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of family members, Birkenstock in news of all things, uh, a nine billion dollar IPO has been announced. Uh, wow. I think it goes. Its shares go on sale today. Birkenstock. Now, Birkenstock is backed by LVMH, which is the uh, Louis Vuitton, Moe, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's, the, right? it's the world's largest luxury goods. Yeah, it's the Arnaud family out of France. Uh, the company was run by the, the actual Birkenstock family for six generations until a majority stake was sold to L. Catterton, the PE group backed by uh, the Arnaud family. And why do I mention that? Because I, I dug into the into the IPO filing data, the board is chaired by J. Michael Michael Chu and Matt. He owns eighty three percent of the shares over there at Birkenstock. Wow! He, he is the global co CEO and co founder of L. Co- Catterton. Yeah. L. Catterton. Yeah. So that that's the PE group backed by who's uh, the, the other Arno CEO who doesn't no, should, matter at all whose I'm name ashamed doesn't to say matter. I don't know I'm ashamed to say I don't know I, it's isn't it all isn't it Reichert or something isn't it the the other guy the, I think it's Oliver Reichert is the other well, CEO okay because I know Nickel Tukral is, who is a managing partner L Catterton is also on the board of Birkenstock well so what that looks like they did was this is basically L Catterton the Arnaud family and the largest shareholder who all sit on the board it's one conglomerate it's one group it's they they own yeah. they're gonna own we haven't run the influence numbers but it's going to be 90 per, percent plus in just yeah, the Arno Catterton. Um, and where will we put that group. influence out of, out of curiosity? Because on the on the Birkenstock board is the J. Michael Chu, who, according to the proxy, owns 83% of shares. But also on that same board, Matt, which you pointed out, is the Birkenstock CEO, Oliver Reichert, Reichert which, who you said also comes from L. Catterton. No, he's not from Catterton. I think oh, he's, he's not. the Birkenstock CEO. So that's why they're He's the Birkenstock CEO. So here's what I think it's gonna yeah. what's gonna happen. But also going, before you say that, also uh, there's an Arno family member on the Birkenstock board. Yeah, so will the influence go with Arno there, or will it go so with Jay Michael Chu? So that's the interesting part. Yeah. I think it's gonna. So so Chu. The reason why Chu owns eighty three percent of the shares is he doesn't. I don't think he owns them himself. I actually think because Catterton Through is L. a stakeholder, mm-hmm. he is the executive officer at yes. Catterton. And co-founder of Catterton, I think. So mm-hmm. he actually is controlling it only through Catterton. But the Arnault family is Catterton, right? Like yeah, they're the that's money what, behind Catterton. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so like I think the influence numbers are going to get fooled here. They're going to say Chu owns the the majority of the influence. But if we're honest, it's just the Arnault family. This is this is not like all of the influence is the Arnault family who has A, all the money, B, like they fund the company that actually is the majority stakeholder. I think it's just you're buying the Arnos. That's all you're doing. You're buying the Arnos. Th- how about this tidbit? Uh, uh, the, the Birkenstock brand gained uh, renewed widespread attention recently after uh, Barbie, in the movie Barbie, uh, she wore pink Birkenstocks, right? So yeah, I guess that, sure. that I guess that led to a, a major resurgence in the brand, and, and I'm sure- People are it, so simple. Yeah, I'm sure it overinflated the price of this IPO. So uh, how about this? How about this side note to to Barbie? 
the, the feminist movie Barbie making Birkenstocks famous again, is that the management over there at Birkenstock, led by CEO Oliver Reichert, uh, includes eight other dudes, no women. <laughs> I, like, I don't remember the last time I saw a company of this nature in this size with nine men in management, no women. Can, you, can I also say, I yeah. looked through the S1 uh, myself and that something like 70% of their clients are women. Hey, they estimate Amazing. 70% of their customers are women. Yeah. So so they, women, all the women, all our fans of Barbie out there listening, don't get fooled by it. Don't get fooled by Barbie. Doesn't don't get this fooled. feel like, this is, this is, this is um, like we're repeating Victoria's Secret. Isn't this yeah. the same like repeat and, we've got? And, and what uh, happened to Victoria's Secret? Eventually it crashed and burned, no? Right. That's uh, well. I mean, that wasn't there like uh, some sort of Me Too. Like there was stuff everything going bad. On. Everything it bad. It was yeah. really everything and, and, bad that could happen yeah. happened over and, there. And the share but price went from deal? you know from the moon to the yeah to the valley. Yeah. What is the deal with a bunch of men selling stuff to women Honestly, and Matt, thinking they know? Wouldn't at least wouldn't at least one of those dudes be uncomfortable and be like. Shouldn't we get yes. just like one woman in here to, to at least we like ask give her opinion? <laughs> just like, I, I mean, I really would be uncomfortable at that point. Like, and I don't mean like as a focus group. I mean, can we just have just one, one woman who just has some power? Yeah. Is there any that we can find? I'm I really am amazed. I'm amazed. Uh, congratulations. And, and this is this is from, you know, France, which which has mandates in place for making sure that, you know, 40% of the board is, is women. So I'm, I'm shocked by this. Oh, this but is not that, a French, this is not a French company though. I know, I know that. But here's, right? the, here's the thing. Yeah. This is the, this is the big joke that's on everybody else, right? If you look at the board constituency and every ESG provider is going to pick the governance provider is going to pick this up. You have what? Four men and mm -hmm. three women. They actually have, like um, nearly f parody on this board of male and female. But yeah. when you know that the men are the guy right. who controls 83% of the stake and the family that owns the rest of it and the co-CEO of the company who has no power in and of himself, yeah. but just sides with them, Ruth Wilson and pitcher Anisha Kumar, what are, do they sit there and think to themselves like, they're, they're. I mean, we're highly qualified, and no one's going to listen to us. Hey, look, like, it's, but but it's free pink Birkenstocks for life, no doubt. I guess this is, this is why I don't understand. Do we need? This is why I don't comprehend why there's any pushback against our data because you, because you're right because the the what the modern day board does is it, it it masks the fact that it's really not giving women a voice, but because the. The culture has caught up to putting women on the board, but only yeah. our data exposes the fact that these women don't have power. And I don't get That's why there's correct. any pushback against against using our data, really, honestly, because you cannot take those numbers at face value. They're bullshit. They're absolutely They're total weird. bullshit. And not this is mention, a perfect example. Perfect example. Not to, not to mention when those three women like sit in the boardroom with the, the like basically share majority shareholding men. 
they call in the management team to present to them about their stuff. And it's eight dudes who come and tell them what's happening. Be fair. It's nine dudes. Now all of a sudden you're literally saying like, okay, well, the four guys who are on the board who own all the Mm -hmm. power are sitting in front of like, it's not, it's nine dudes, but one of them is a CEO, right? So it's actually Mm -hmm. eight other dudes. Now we're talking about other dudes. Twelve, (laughs) twelve men. Yeah. 12 dudes and three women. What exactly are I they mean, going out on a limb to, you know, like to say, are they going to dissent? Are they going to be like, this is a really bad idea. Is anybody going to listen to them? And Arnaud family, you pick, you pick a 31 year old male Arnaud member to sit on the board. I mean, you at least could have given <laughs> yeah, the board a, a woman. It's like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, a joke. And one last thing, I know a lot of people probably can, they roll their eyes saying like, yeah, we, we already know that, uh, that these women don't have power. We get it. We understand how these, the the mechanics work at these boards. But again, we're the only data provider out there that has quantified this, right? It's not just on an anecdotal level. We have quantified the lack, their lack of voice. Okay. So Stop you pushing we, back and buy the data. Come on, stop so it. This is like the second or third story today where we effectively have a, a male, a fake male CEO, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Walgreens. We need a name for this because it's like, this is yeah. like, we know when women come in, like it's like a janitorial role. We call it the glass cliff, but it's mm-hmm. generally because they're cleaning up the boy's mess. Is this basically the male sidecar? Is this basically like we're going to pay some dude to go tell the employees and stuff? We don't have to deal with employees and stuff. We just want them to go do all that stuff. But they're going to get paid handsomely. But we own all the influence and power anyway. What is that? The sidecar? Are they a sidecar? What is that? We need a name for it. So if you're a listener, and I I know like there's one of you out there. Hit us, come back to us, hit us on LinkedIn, like do yeah, a get post, involved. do at, at free In fact, float. Jump on the show post. if you want, really. If, if you if you really have a lot of opinions, come on the show. We'll have you on the show. And tell us, tell us what we should name the thing that is a, a, a male version, but a, not a glass cliff, but a sidecar CEO. What is it? What is it? And finally, uh, Nelson Pelt back in the news, Matt, his uh, Trian fund management is going after Disney again. Oh, they blah, blah, blah. increased his stake to roughly 30 million shares. Remember, he uh, started a proxy contest with Disney earlier in the year, but then uh, decided to drop it this time. Now, the rumors have it that he's going after two board seats this time. I don't I don't have a, blah, blah, I don't blah. have any information about who he wants on the board. But Nelson, I know you're listening. If you mm-hmm. want to figure out. Uh, how to create those board vacancies the right way on Disney. Reach out to us. We'll we'll show you which directors you should replace based on their their probably their lack of influence. Uh, so let, let anyway. me let me give you a free tip, Nelson. Go ahead. Because you you've tried this already. Just one. Just give him Don't one tip. Because really, one he should hire free us. tip. Yeah. The person you should add to the board mm-hmm. should not be your son. Who you added to the <laughs> Wendy's board and was yeah. like, like between the two of you, like don't piss your him performance, off. your performance don't metrics were not great. You're not yeah. great. Well, I, I do know one of the people he wants on the board is himself. Does that, is that okay? Uh, no, stop with that. Just put somebody right. else on the board who actually understands the business of Disney. I'm like, sure we'll, yeah. I, this, this is, that's when the, the activists like thing crosses from like this, this, this like uh, self aggrandizing narcissism mm-hmm. 
Like it goes from we're about shareholder value and maximizing shareholder value into pure narcissism. Like put me on the board and I'll I fix have an it. idea. You're not Jesus. Let somebody who understands the business be on the board, please. What about this groundbreaking ESG idea I'm about ooh, to, to ooh, tell ooh, the audience? Hold on. Hold on. I want I want to I, I, see. I wish I had some music. Here Hurry up. I'm going to forget what my idea is. Yeah. <laughs> Do it because uh, I don't, can't find any music. This is, I, I, we already have Bob Iger on the board, right? Yeah, what if we do. created another board vacancy, right? And yeah. and gave okay. and, okay. and let let former CEO Bob Iger take that board seat so that Bob has two votes on the board cuz because Bob has wow. a lot of institutional knowledge. So we we he can come on as an independent director and as a CEO. You know what be two different greater? board seats, two different votes. What if Nelson Peltz nominates Bob Chapik for one of the board seats? Okay, now you're just being stupid. Now you're just being silly. So now you just ruined all our credibility. <laughs> that's all it took. We like we yeah, had credibility. It. Stop. That's Stop. Damian Rollis. I am an analyst hole, Matt Muscardi. Uh, we are free float. This show was brought to you by S Gage, your ESG data solutions provider also sponsored by freeflowanalytics.com go there get the when we talk about influence it's all there including the methodology how we come up with it there is nothing in the dark about these companies anymore we can show you the light and who runs them so go there and check that out until friday when i'm back in office and hopefully less jet lagged Whoa. that's it yeah goodbye goodbye